Hi there, you're listening to F&B Soundbites, a podcast where we cover the hot topics, trends and challenges of interest to professionals in the engine room behind the food and beverage industry. I'm your host, Hamish McCook. In this episode, I'm joined by Stuart Coleman from our Melbourne, Australia office. Stuart's a leader in our digital team and an expert in industrial solutions, helping businesses across the Asia-Pacific region to harness the power of emerging technologies uh, and to help them achieve the next step change in, in manufacturing efficiency. Uh, welcome, Stuart. How are you, Hamish? It's uh, certainly nice to be here. I'm not sure what the weather's like where you are, but um, it's a great day here. How are you? Very good, thank you. Um, overcast since we're since we're talking about weather, but it's always changing. That's the benefit of, of living where I do. Now, for our listeners, I should actually warn them. So, Stuart is a, I think, a digital native. He's a little bit younger than me, and he uh, is fully immersed in uh, in working with digital and technology companies. So, so he has he he speaks a slightly different language, and, and that's great because we we like people from that country, from that different sort of digital country. But uh, I guess part of my job here would be to make sure we don't get lost. But um, Stu, is that fair to say? Oh, you know. Um... Um, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm probably not the hardcore digital guy, Hamish. I've got a background in automation and controls and I've taken a, a, an interest in digitals um, simply because there's a, a vast opportunity to help industry. And I think the key piece with digital is we get lost in the technology and, and the technology distracts us from actually understanding what it does to, to create that benefit for us. And with industry, each each industry, each food and beverage manufacturer is an expert in what they do. The the people who create beer are experts in brewing and the dairy people are experts in, in their dairy piece. And it's it's harder for the average person to come along and actually understand those industries if they're a technical expert in something like digital and actually work out how to add value in it. And so there's this barrier with integration of digital technologies into industry simply yeah. because the, the people who understand the domain experience don't understand the technology and how it can be applied. And the people who understand the technology don't necessarily understand the domain and so you get these a lot of solutions and technologies that look cool but don't add a commercial benefit and, and therefore people get digital fatigue they hear about things they trial them they don't really get off the ground they're not commercial solutions and and as such it sort of fails and business continues on as it did because that's the easiest path mm. Okay, so you've you've got a foot in both camps. You're aware of digital tech because you're interested yes. in it. You've got a background in automation, but you actually really understand the food businesses as well. I mean, I know you've worked right across um, the region in a, in a wide swathe of food industry work across your career as well. It's the domain experience that's often missing, and 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 how you get that in the teams and and how the digital people communicate. It's all it's all getting better, and and marketing strategies are getting better. We're focusing more on results rather than than things. And, and I don't know about what happens in the supermarkets across in New Zealand at the moment. Hamish, I don't do my shopping there, but um, but the supermarkets in Australia are definitely are not just selling things on shelves anymore. They're selling magazines with meals in it, and you can pick that meal and go back to the supermarket and collect all the things that you want. It stops people walking through the shelves, picking up a jar of paprika and saying, well, I can really imagine a really tasty dish with my jar of paprika. I'm going to rush home and, and do something with it where it's far easier to visualize the benefits that you're going to get when you're looking at that casserole dish of stroganoff on, the, on that page and say, that's, that's exactly what I want. So that's, that's a piece that the digital industry needs to take. There's a, a Kmart hacks group that's I'm sure is devised by the Kmart marketing people and is a very smart and it really talks about how you used all those things in Kmart to to 
different effects in your home. And that's really what we've got to get to in the digital industry. And and that will maximise the way we're able to impact industry and really drive those performances that digital keeps promising. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Okay, great. I was actually just going to ask you about that as well. I mean, what performance improvements or where what organizations can gain from using digital technologies it's almost it's not a question really it's a it's such a truism that you have to be embracing digital it's just for the last what 60 70 years at longer technology has been the the key tool to create productivity improvements so but what do you see organizations looking for from digital technologies at the moment the benefits for digital technologies are harder to imagine simply because they, they're right across your plant. So if you can imagine using, say if we use some spatial information like Google Maps, the Google Maps of your plant, and there's, there's different terminologies for it. it, might be the mm. digital twin or reality capture. But if you can imagine that everybody in the plant can use that to add value to what they do. Mm. And, and that's different from previous technology. So if we make a piece of information, everybody from your manufacturing people, your operations, your maintenance, your procurement people, your IT people, external suppliers, emergency services can all access that data and create some value for you. Mm. And they'll all get a one or 2% productivity benefit focused on individually. It's very difficult to to want to invest in a 2% in one particular area. And so Mm. you need to sort of add those up. The headline benefit usually turns up as productivity So you might save uh, maintenance costs because you've got a piece of digital technology. You might also recover your plant quicker. Um, You might have to do your shutdowns a little bit shorter. You might have to clean a little bit less. It's a big headline number when you add it up. While you get benefits in all of those areas, the headline benefit is always more output. And that's that's really what we want to focus on. Even things, you you know, you can walk in there and the low-hanging fruit is energy. You can optimise energy. You know, most food and beverage facilities, most industrial facilities are grossly inefficient in the way that they use energy. I still think productivity is a, is a better beneficiary. And, and the, the other big benefit is, is really matching what you're actually manufacturing to the highest value for the market. And there's a lot of platforms that are starting to do that. And that's starting to get more advanced in the way using digital information. But if you can start to, to look at your schedule and have a look at what um, the market's paying the most for, um, you can really start to optimise that data. And that's taking data that's really, it's not the primary use of, of the data. The primary use might be to, to look at the scheduling and, and produce a schedule, but combining that schedule and, and looking at what's, what's selling in the markets um, can mm. allow you to re-optimise and do that. Now, that's, that's sort of advanced. I'm working on some projects in the meat industry at the moment, yeah. and the best, best manufacturing execution systems are the ones that, that provide the data from the system is what the system does help helps you manufacture and capture data along the plant to do your compliance type activities. But they're reusing that data or getting a secondary use of that data to be able to then optimise how they sell and how they create value from the products that they've got. That's wide out there, but it it probably starts with the question. The question is, is is how do I make the products that's going to maximise my bottom line? That's the question that you want to ask. How you do that is you get the right software, you get the right data, you start looking to how you create the right data for that you go to Kmart and you say, I, I want to buy this, and then you get the, <laughs> the recipe cheat sheet that yeah, does. Uh, you, that's that, right. so you get that, and then it becomes really easy. But you, you kind of have to know what you want to bake in the first place. You want to yeah, know what your problem or opportunity is that you want to focus on. And uh, Or you go to the Kmart Mums Facebook page, um, and, and the Kmart Mums have got all the hacks there, and you say, that's the hack I need. Um, oh, yeah. In my kitchen is a mess and I need yeah. one of those. And um, yeah. and that gives you the idea and that idea then sources, you go to the market, you ask some questions and you get some trusted advisors on board and you try and yeah. work towards what you need to do. 
we fall into a trap where we get data and we just hoove all the data that we've got up and put it in in a special place. Um, we'll call it a database. But um, And we feel comfortable that all our data is in there. And if we ever need to look at it, we'll just go back into that database and look at it and it's all there. And, and that's that makes us feel happy. But we, we very rarely ever use that. And it's, it's a trap True. that we sort of fall into. It's, it's, a, it's an industry three hangover, if you like. It was the way that we did things then. We, should, we need to drive it the other way and say, there is so much data. What do I want to use it for and how do I harness that right data and make sure it's the right data? And where are the gaps in my information stream? How do I hoover that up, add new instruments or pieces to achieve the outcome that I want that might be? How do I maximize the sale of my products, for example? Yeah, and, and look, what I would say as well is um, uh, oftentimes it's really hard to actually imagine what you could do. So there are just that many different use cases out there that are novel and interesting that I'm, you know, I'm constantly surprised by how you and um, your colleagues are able to save energy and improve productivity in just unique and novel ways. So just because as a client, I, I may not be able to think of how a particular problem could be solved. Don't stop there because you know, there will be a whole set of different ways of solving those problems, which you know, can utilize some of the things you're talking about as well. A common method of doing that is to say if you had a magic wand and it sounds um, childish, but it does it does stop people thinking what's around the constraints they've already got. Yeah. Say, what, what could you do? What would the top five things you would do inside your business if you could do it? Yeah, um, Okay. There, there, are, there are methods to doing it, but yes, we're starting to gain a, a knowledge of things that, that we know are going to be useful. So we're creating our own Kmart Mum's Hacks mm, page and good. saying, good. You know, here are some things we can do. We can put them on a menu in front of it. And some of it excites people and some of it says, no, we think we've got that right. And that's, that's certainly fine. I feel like we should be getting some sort of kickback from Kmart on this, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, I, th- I just think that you have a look at what other industries are doing. And, and again, that's, it's, you know, digitalization has been... Yeah. Um, in more uh, more expensive industries and more expensive manufacturing industries have been using digitalization techniques for, for years and defense, aerospace, um, automotive manufacturing have been sort of pioneers in this space. And, and so how do we take that? It's now becoming cost effective. It's easier to do. It's, it's more standard. You can join things together a lot easily. It's about how do we build something out of the bricks that, that have been given to us by, by different industries? Yeah. Okay, great. Hey, um, I want to pivot and I know that you're um, deeply affected by the current challenges at the moment. You live in Melbourne and that's that's pretty tough. A lot of our clients as well are, are struggling, um, whether they, they're personally f- trying to figure out how to actually be more effective remotely or, or whether they're you know, trying to work out how they can reduce the risk to their their, their manufacturing operation uh, during these times of some sort of uh, outbreak occurring. Stu, I know you've been casting your net across technology and, and actually deploying some stuff with clients. Just tell me, like, what are some of the the, th- the key things you're seeing that are working and, and, and are there any, any dead ends that you think um, are out there as well at the moment in terms of technology application for, for our current challenge? Yeah, look, um, it, COVID certainly has focused um, a number of people in and brought some challenges to the forefront. But before we answer the question, I'd just like to remind you that Melbourne is the second most livable city in the world, um, despite <laughs> our COVID challenges. So apart from Kmart and advertising, Melbourne will get on to uh, your answers. Look, COVID is um, is put a problem on the page. And, and when we've got a problem that's, that's big and hairy, we, we're good at at solving those as, as teams, and one of the one of the pieces that's come out of that is is digital. Is there's there's a, a meme that goes around on the internet that says, um, "Who inspired your your digital transformation, or who led it? Was it the CEO? Was it the CIO? Or was it COVID nineteen? And and the tick is in the COVID nineteen box." But 
all of that aside, some of the challenges that were there, there and the solutions, the solutions are actually best practice for business, but it actually solves a problem around COVID, if you like. And so... Okay, tell me what you mean. Okay, so, so we've got... The first thing that happened in COVID is everybody split up any support staff away from their manufacturing yes. staff. And, yes, and, and they so, can't go back on site. That's right. You can't you can't go to site. You can't deliver projects. You can't do um, non-essential maintenance. Um, and all those people need to to go home and and we'll work out what we do after that. And so if our people can't go to our sites, how do we take our sites to our people? And and so therefore there's a magic wand. I've just said. You know, I'd really like to just take my sites to the people. Um, what can I do? And so, therefore, we can we can get around that. We can take reality capture that's very cheap, um, very light, good enough information source uh, done with a, with a special camera. But in reality, most people can do it. it it's not rocket science. It's not dig- difficult. It's not even expensive. And people can log onto their computers, their mobile phones, and walk around the sites. And so that gives them the ability to do a lot of things that they would have done. In fact, we did a study on why people go to sites in the first place, and it's because they want to look at things, they want to take measurements, um, they want to interact with the information on site, whether that's um, drawing databases, manuals on sites, they use the systems on site to pull the information out, and they want to talk to people and look at the machines. And so nearly all of those things we can digitalize and it also goes a long way to solving the problem of capturing that knowledge um, solves the problem, a common problem in industry where people are, are leaving and lots of IPs walking out the door due to retirement. You know, people with 25 years experience are retiring and people are having to come in, new people are coming in with less experience and it's a, it's a common problem. So digitalising the sites, um, putting it in a single spot, integrating different information sets. It's very simple stuff. We're really building up a Google Maps of the sites and we're able to then take our, our sites to our people. The next piece is how do you take your people back into your sites? And this is the HoloLens sort of piece. You know, you, we, we, we do this on our own projects now for kickoff meetings. We send a HoloLens in a box and the client straps it on and the team all dials in via Microsoft Teams and we ask that person to walk around the site. We record it. We get them to open electrical panels. So, so the, the challenge there, there are risks and the, the, the reasons yep. we're doing things differently is because there's risks to the operation and individuals. So you take a sort of a, the same, you know, eliminate, um, isolate, minimize. So eliminate, don't yes. even go to the site. We can, we, can, we can allow you to virtually be on the site in many forms um, without having to physically be there. That's the, yes. the eliminate. How about the isolate? If I have to go to site... Yes. If you look, um, again, there's a, there's a good question. You, we have to go to site. We actually have to perform maintenance. We have to perform a shutdown, um, yeah. whether we've got a kiln or whatever it is we need to do. We can or use a project. Digital. I've got a I've got a brownfield yep. project has yep. to go ahead. Um, so so we've we've got a problem like that with a couple of clients at the moment, and and there's various technologies that you can use mobile phones to um, click on QR codes so we can track your location. But if you if you really want to physically check and not use a trust sort of method, then we can give Bluetooth beacons to people and set up um, Bluetooth beacons around geographies on site that allow people and warn people when they're getting close. So you've got a red team and a blue team, and we're saying that the red team's not allowed to come within a certain distance of the blue team, or an alarm will go off. We can then track their movements around the site, can also track their movements within geographic boundaries. And so that is giving people a level of comfort, and it really is probably the level of comfort is, is how do we demonstrate and prove that we're meeting that compliance? And if it's not, what, have we got the information to actually contact Trace and do things? And if we can meet those requirements, we can we can achieve those activities safely. And and that's, again, it's, it's having the question first and then working out the technology second. Because if we started yeah, yeah. with some Bluetooth technology, we'd be sitting there online for ages trying to work out how we can make use out of that. And that's not the way we want to do it. 
Great. Thanks for that. We, we look, we've covered a lot of ground in a relatively short time. So I guess I want to leave you with an opportunity, Stu, to, to share wisdom or a couple of key points um, that you'd suggest that our clients who are listening into this um, and others from industry, what, that, um, what they should do when thinking about digital for their operation. Look, uh, I think you've really got to start with with making a list of things that you want to want to challenge within your business that are high value. I would start with the list and say, if we had if we had our magic wand, what are the things that we would tweak? Which KPIs would we tweak to to really make a difference to our bottom line? And what KPIs can we challenge? So, is an OEE of seventy percent best practice in in our industry? Why is it not seventy five percent? Why can't we make it eighty? Because we can, we just got to look at the ways to push those boundaries. And mm-hmm. and then the other piece is, what are your biggest problems? Get those biggest problems on the table and start sharing them with people who understand digital technologies. And the best way to do that is saying, here are my five biggest problems. Um, unplanned maintenance is, is causing me grief. How can I get my plant to tell me when it needs to be maintained rather than stopping it and maintaining it every 10,000 kilometres if it was a car, for example. Why doesn't the car tell me when it wants to be maintained at 18,000 kilometres or 24,000 kilometres? And that's an opportunity that's that's there. And how do I recover quicker from unplanned maintenance um, it might be an issue. And so if we start looking at the the opportunities and the, the, the things that are, are the biggest problems and bring digital people into your team and ask questions and build trusted relationships with people, we'll start forming solutions that add real value to your to your business. The, the digital technologies by themselves need to be integrated into a business. They, they're not, you don't buy them off the shelf. Um, and a solution that works for somebody else might not necessarily work for you in the same way. But what we can do is it's mostly standard. It's, it's very cost effective when compared to other investments. And there's, there's a real opportunity there. And from a digital perspective, I think the people that operate in the digital space really need to get their their value propositions of their solutions, the Kmart hacks, if you like, down as simply as the packaging machine does, industry does. You know, Package machines are very complex. They've got lots of moving parts. There's controllers and PLCs and moving parts. And, and everybody can understand how that packaging machine will add value to their business because there's a nameplate on the side of it that says it does this many units per hour and it costs this much. And, and that makes it very appealing for industry to look at something and say, if you can do that, then um, we want one of those. In fact, we might have two because we understand the value inherently. Packaging industry started because somebody waved a magic wand at it as well. And they yes. said, I, I want to automate this. I want to do something yep. about that. And uh, and they've continued to wave their magic wand and, and, and demand higher and higher performance standards and throughputs and reliability, quality. And it, it's definitely met, met that call. And in the same way, I think, Stu, you know, there's a whole range of ingredients we can um, use to, to bake our Kmart cake around um, digital solutions for your mm-hmm. business. Um, but uh, it, sounds, it sounds to me you start off by understanding what you want to work on, uh, where you want to focus, what you want to achieve, grab yeah. some people that know this stuff and, and get in there, build a relationship and get going and, and solve these problems. Yeah, don't be intimidated by the digital jargon. It, it is intimidating. I mean, I've got okay. a team of digital people I go and ask questions to. Um, can mm-hmm. AI do this for us? Um, I just promised a client that we we could we could increase their productivity by 10% using AI now. How do we do that? <laughs> Technical team, and and it's funny that they they do get to you know that it's it's that interaction between the highly technical people and the people that yeah. understand the the problem. But certainly from going one step back into a, a client's organisation, we shouldn't get intimidated by the the technology pieces, just build relationships with people you trust. Yeah, they yeah. can they can do that and explain it to you and take you on the journey and show you how to explain the value back to your people. 
because if I use one more analogy, your mobile phone is very good at this. We deal with digital technology every day and it's sitting in the palm of our hands. Very few people understand how it works or what the apps do to, to grab their data and deliver what they do. But most people can describe every app on their phone and why they've got it there and why it adds value to them. And that's where we've got to get to. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a reminder just to, you know, as Apple, as um, Steve Jobs said, be curious and connect, you know, yep. get some people to help. Okay, it's really been great. Um, very interesting for me, as always, Stu. Thanks so much. Thank you, Hamish. Um, and best of luck over there. No, um, we, are, we are keeping our spirits up and uh, it's been nice to chat and, um, yeah, happy to help. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much, mate. Okay, um, so look, thanks um, very much to our listeners for joining us today. It has been an interesting discussion and I look forward to bringing you another episode of F&B Soundbites. Until then, as we say in New Zealand, hiatida, or maybe as we say in Melbourne. What do we say in Melbourne when we're um, signing off, Stu? See you later, Hamish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you later and farewell. <laughs> Not too complicated. <laughs>